0: Would you go to 1 Corinthians, please, the 13th chapter. We've been on a subject for a few weeks now on Sundays that we're calling love over knowledge. Love over knowledge. And our main, one of our main texts is here in 1 Corinthians 13, this great, what we call the love chapter. But you know, half of this deals with growing up. It is love, chapter, but the latter half deals with growing up. Put on the screen, if you would, verse 1, 13, 1 but let's look at it in the uh, Young's, what, can we do Young's literal? Can we? Okay. Young's literal, if you hadn't been around, is one of my favorites. I like accuracy. I like, especially if you're talking about the Word of God. Don't tell me what you thought he meant. I want to know what he said. Right? <laughs> now you're laughing, but most of these modern translations, a lot of it's not real accurate. A lot of it, they're telling you what they think he meant. And so you need something that you can use to check it by. King James, I like the King James, it's a good translation. But even at that, it's good to have some dictionaries, look up a word once in a while, or, yeah. or something like this. There are several, I don't know, there's at least half a dozen literal translations that I'm aware of. What that means is, they didn't try to make it read nice for you, yeah. Yeah. and actually the, the original languages, they read backwards to the way we read. Right. And, uh, but anyway, let's read this in, in Young's. It says, if with the tongues of men and of messengers I speak and have not love, I have become brass sounding or a symbol tinkling. And if I have prophecy and know all the secrets and all the knowledge, see, we're talking about love over knowledge, if I have all the faith so as to remove mountains and have not love, I am nothing. Now, let's just pause right there. You got all kinds of revelation and are nothing. You got a bunch of faith and are nothing. You talk in all kinds of tongues and are nothing. Is that what he said? If it's not in love, the heart motivation has to be love. So to God, what's more important? Faith or love? love? Love. Tongues or love? Love. Knowledge or love? Love. Do you see a theme? (laughs) Which is bigger? Which is more important? Not that the other is not important, it is, but which is most important? More important. So you don't sacrifice love for tongues. You don't sacrifice or or skip love for revelation and knowledge. You don't ignore love in your pursuit of faith. True? Because actually, faith works by love, the scripture says. Keep going, verse 3. If I give away to feed others all my goods, and if I give up my body that I may be burned and have not love, I am profited nothing. Well, that's major giving. But no personal benefit out of it. <laughs> Does it matter. Your heart in your giving. Yes. Yes. So you can give for wrong reasons. You can give to be noticed. You can give only as a tax write off. Yes. Right. There's all kinds of reasons why people do things. But what's the motive it must be. If it's going to please God. It must be out of love. And in faith. Verse 4, one thing I like about this one, he says, the love. And he keeps saying that, why? Because it is the love. It's the love of God. It's not like what a lot of stuff, what the world calls love. The love is long-suffering and is kind. The love does not envy. The love does not vaunt itself, is not puffed up, does not act unseemly, does not seek its own things, is not provoked. "...does not impute evil, rejoices not over the unrighteousness, and rejoices with the truth, all things it bears, all it believes, all it hopes, all it endures, the love does never fail, and whether there be prophecies, they'll become useless, whether tongues, they'll cease, whether knowledge, it'll become useless, again, which is greater, love or knowledge?" Love is greater than knowledge. For in part we know. And in part we prophesy. Everybody say in part. In part. Say it like this. We know, we know in part. Say I know in part. Know part. Not me, you. <laughs> and me. <laughs> say it out loud. I know, in part. I know in part. What does that mean? That means there's a lot of parts you don't know. Right? right? If you only know part of it, you don't know all of it. That's right. That's right. And truth is, you don't know half of it. That's right. That's right. Now, we made, we made some comments, I think it was last time, about um, ultimatums and about generalizations and absolutes. You remember that? Generalizations, we talked, and we said, what what about them? Beware. Watch out for doing these things, using these things, thinking like this. Generalizations, absolutes, and ultimatums. Mm -hmm. Why? Because that's acting like you know more than you do. And generalizations. We used an example. Well, you know, all word and faith people are that way. All those faith life folks are like that. <laughs> well, how many do you know? How much do you actually know about that? Are oh, you hear this commonly? Well, you know, you know how women are. <laughs> well, just how much do you know about women? <laughs> We're told that there are over three billion women on the planet. It's actually closer to four. Three billion. If you personally knew. Quite a lot. About 3,000. Women. 3,000. Most people couldn't name. 3,000. Women that they know. Much less that they know anything about. But if you knew quite a bit. About 3,000. Women. That's .0001% of the world's population, which means you know nothing at all. About 99.999% of the world's population of women. So if you don't know anything about 99.999% of it, how much do you know? Are y'all with me? Yes, all right. Yes, that's right. <laughs> You're trying to say I don't know much? I just did, yeah. That's exactly what. <laughs> and if you if you didn't know that, see you knew even less than you thought you did. <laughs> it, it it's bad to be ignorant, but what's worse is be ignorant and not know that you are. <laughs> Think that you know something. That's <laughs> right. Thank God for what we know. But compared to what there is to know, how much do you really know? So, why would you talk in absolutes, generalizations, lumping everybody together? Correct yourself. You'll have to, man, you'll have to stay on it. Terms like Democrats. liberals. How many do you know? How many millions of people are we talking about? Are they all exactly the same? No. Baptists. Catholics. Old people. (laughs) Rich people. Huh? How many of them do you know? What do you know? Beware of generalizations, lumping a bunch of folks together and making generalized statements about it. Said out loud, "I only know, I only know. In, part. in part. I know in part. Keep going with this a little bit. We we know in part. In part, we prophesy. Keep going. When that which is perfect may come, then that which is in part shall become useless. When I was a baby." As a babe I was speaking, as a babe I was thinking, as a babe I was reasoning. When I become a man, I have made useless the things of the babe. For we see now through a mirror obscurely, and then face to face. Now I know in part, then shall I fully know as also I was known. We are heading towards a fullness of knowing. We're not there. Not even close. But God has us moving that direction. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the path of just is supposed to get brighter and brighter. Every day you learn some more. You see some more. You know some more. You grow some more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I'm coming up. I'm I'm coming coming up." up. And it's connected with the knowing and the seeing, but always we should know that's not the most important part. Regardless of how much we learn and how much we know or we don't know, you can always get it right if your heart is a heart of love. You love God, you love people. Even with what you don't know or what you do know, that's paramount. More important, greater. Which is what this whole chapter is leading up to—to to say that the love is is the greatest. And notice here, when he said we know in part, he said we see now through a mirror, obscurely or darkly. He's talking about what you see and what you know. He's saying our seeing is partial and imperfect, and our knowing is partial and imperfect. Now there does remain faith, hope, love. These three will exist a million years from now. Everything you learned about these are developed in these you will take with you. Past this life, it'll continue to develop age after age after age. You and I see each other 500,000 years from now, we'll still be talking about love. Right. and faith Amen. and hope Amen. Hallelujah. hallelujah faith hope and love these three but what's the final line here the greatest of these is love say it out loud the greatest of these greatest. the greatest of these greatest. is love Amen. not what the world calls love because the world they love love pizza, they love this or that movie, they love their shoes, and human love can turn to hate overnight. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the love that God is. God is love. That's not a fickle, changeable feeling. That's something that's unchanging. In 1 Corinthians 8 if you turn over there this is 13 so just turn back a little bit We saw this that they wrote to Paul and asked him questions about issues and they wanted an answer one of them was should you eat meat that's offered to idols or not Because in these cities like uh, Corinth, you know, Ephesus uh, Philippi, these places, I mean in virtually every corner there was a temple to a god or a goddess. And part of a big part of their services were uh, they'd offer animal sacrifices and they'd have meals there and a lot of other stuff goes on that you don't need to talk about. But then part of that meat they would sell in the market. And so you could either go have a meal at the temple where they're doing all this stuff or you could also, you could buy the meat at the market afterwards. But it was meat that was offered in sacrifice to a false god. And these people that are writing to him, these saints at the church of Corinth, all of them not long ago were idol worshipers. I mean this is There was no church there not long before this. And their parents and their parents' parents, they all grew up in this idolatry. And so they're asking the question, do you eat this food offered to idols or not? And of course they want an answer. Yes, you do. It's okay. No, it's not okay. And that's not what they got. (laughs) You know, you don't always get what you thought you wanted. In an answer from God. But he'll give you the right one. Said, now as touching things offered to idols, we know we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but charity or love edifies. Knowledge can never do what love does. If any man think he knows anything, he knows nothing yet as he ought to know. You know what? We, isn't that what we've been talking about? Mm-hmm. These generalizations, these absolutes, these ultimatums. If you only know part, you are to talk like that. Yeah. You are to act like that. You are to acknowledge that on a regular basis, not acting like that. You you know more than you do, or you understand more than you do. He goes on to say that uh, the people. You know, involved in these things, verse seven, there's not in every man that knowledge, some with conscience of the idol, unto this hour eat it as a thing offered unto an idol, and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. Instead of them giving them what we'd call a straight answer, yeah, it's okay, no, it's not okay, he didn't do that. He started talking to them about their conscience. Their conscience. He said, uh, verse 8, "...food doesn't commend us to God, neither if we eat are we the better, neither if we eat not are we the worse. But take heed, lest by any means this this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. For if a man see you that has knowledge, knowledge, sit at meat in the idol's temple, shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols?" And through your knowledge of the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. When you sin so against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. And in Romans 14, if you read that entire chapter, he goes into great detail about it there. About how that you're happy if your heart's not bothering you about what you're doing. And if you override that Whatever you do without faith or without a sense of it being acceptable to God is sin. Sin. Sin is a word that has kind of been pushed aside by a lot of modern churches. Sin. People think it's uh, uncomfortable to talk about. Sin. And the word has, the substitutes have been offered. Instead of sins, people just have, they have problems. <laughs> now, <laughs> problems. <laughs> problems that they're working on. <laughs> so and so. what? What's, well, they, they're a good brother, you know, but they, they lie to you. They have a problem with lying. But they're working on it. What what does that mean? They were telling three lies a day and now they're down to one. What what does that mean? They they're working on it. <laughs> have they quit lying or not? Well, no, cuz they have a problem with it. And they're working. On it. <laughs> they're sinning and they haven't repented. Whether it's you or me or whoever it is, they're sinning, and they haven't repented. And as long as you play with it, you're not going to get free. You'll still be struggling with it the next time we see you, ten years from now. You haven't called it what it is, right? And you haven't acknowledged that you don't have to do it. What we learn in this is that it is not as cut and dried as what people may have thought the answer to what is sin go to james if you would this is a very familiar verse in regards to this what is sin sin is a very serious thing sin is what sent jesus to the cross Is that right? To make light of sin is to make light of what Jesus did. If he hadn't had to pay the price for your and my sin, there would be no cross. There would be no crucifixion. There would be none of that. And he literally, the Bible said, became sin with our sin. He didn't just empathize with it. He became it and judgment fell on him and he was judged, full force judgment for all the mistakes you and I did. That's what the cross is. And the worst part of it, you couldn't see. As bad as being nailed to the cross and the crown of thorns and the scourging, as bad as that was. That was not the worst part of it at all. The worst part happened where you couldn't see. Happened in spirit. Where you couldn't see. When he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was made sin. All all the evil sins of all mankind. Past, present, and future converged on his spotless, sinless being, and he accepted it. He never committed one sin himself, but he accepted it and took it and became it, and that's why the Father had to, for that moment, turn away from him and let judgment fall on him. Sin is no joke. Are y'all with me, church? Yes. The Bible said, fools make a mockery of sin. Yes. and you'll find that it is common in our generation that people mock sin. And I think what sin? What are you talking about? <laughs> That's just an old archaic religious concept. No, sin is real. What is sin? Well, one verse says that in 1 John, I won't, we won't take time to turn all these, but you can write it down if you want to. 1 John 3, 4 says, sin is the transgression of the law. Yes. So if the law says thou shalt not murder and you do that, obviously that's sin mm-hmm. or lie, or steal or whatever the case may be. In 1 John 5:17, all unrighteousness is sin, or all wrongdoing. Now, man's laws can be unfair, can be ill-conceived, can be wrong. Not God. <laughs> God's laws are perfect. And if he says something's wrong, it's wrong, no matter what you think. Or how much of society has decided it's okay? It's if God said it's bad it's bad. it's bad, it's bad. And if you ignore it and violate that, you have sinned. Right. You transgressed. We'd use the word, you broke that law. You broke it. And um, James, are you there? James 4.17 says, therefore to him that knows to do good and does it not, what does it say? Yes. To him yes. it is sin. Here's failing to do something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is not something you did. It's something you didn't do. Right. <laughs> Can you sin by not doing something? Yes. Failing yes. to do something? obviously. But notice the key. To him that what? Knows. Knows. And then the latter part, to him it's sin. Well it's either wrong or it's not. Yeah, but if you don't know it's wrong. If you don't understand it, you really didn't know it. Then in that case Romans and other places says God doesn't impute sin. In other words, he's dealing with you and me and all of us based on what he knows you know. And you got to remember you can't fool him. Right? <laughs> what, you, what you know or didn't know you, know. you may look at somebody and go oh I didn't know, I didn't know and you're lying. And you might fool them. That ain't going to work with God. Right? That That's not going to work with him. Why? Because all things are open and naked before the eyes of him with whom we have to do. He sees through all the facade, through all the phony, through all the play acting, through all the excuses. He sees right down into your heart. He knows yes. what you see that's and right. what you don't. That's right. And so sin... And this is my definition. So see what you think in the word. Sin is violation of light. Violation of light. What is that? Violation of what you see and what you know. Go with me please, if you would, to the book of uh, John. Gospel account of John. And the ninth chapter. Didn't know you was going to get a message on sin this morning. Isn't it exciting? (laughs) I tell you what's wonderful is to be free. Free from sin and free from the punishment. Hmm? Free from the guilt. Free from any shame. Free from any of that. And Jesus, that's why he went to the cross is to, to accomplish what we were not able to do. We couldn't save ourselves. And we, the wages of sin is death. And all of us had sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we were looking at judgment and death and separation. And God loved us so much. He didn't want that to happen. He didn't want us to be separated from him, and he wanted, even though he is perfectly holy and pure, he couldn't even hug us in our sin without destroying us. Perfect purity and holiness, God is fire. He's a consuming fire from his loins up to his loins down. I mean, the, you know, the scripture said it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. He created the sun. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Now you know it's been kind of warm. <laughs> I was just down in Fort Worth, and it was what 102 in the shade, and got a lot hotter than that. Yeah. We're 95 million miles away from the sun. Yeah. Yes. 95 million, million. We don't. We ain't got a clue how far that is. <laughs> 95. I mean, a million miles is a long way. Yes. New York to L.A. is what? 3,000 miles? 3,000. Not a million, not 10 million, 95 million miles away. And we think we can hardly handle the heat. <laughs> God made it. He's harder than that. He's stronger than that. He's the one that made it. All that power, all that heat came out of him when he spoke it into existence. So defilement, corruption, sin, curse, death, it can't stand in front of him. And yet God loved us. Even when we were in our sins and wanted us to be his and wanted to be able to have us come right up to the throne and Fellowship Direct wanted to include us in His forever family and in His plan to rule and reign, and He couldn't do it because we didn't deserve it. That's right. It wouldn't have been fair. It wouldn't have been right. It wouldn't have been just. People like Lucifer. If God had said, "You know, I know you messed up. I know you deserve to die and go to hell, but you know, just forget it. Let's just shh, just shh, just forget it." <laughs> Lucifer and all the bad angels could say, hey, 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 you going to judge us? Look what you did with your little man. Unjust, unjust, unfair. God is the righteous judge of all the earth. He won't pervert justice for anybody. So we had it coming. Look at your neighbor, help him out and say, you had it coming. You had it. Why? Because you sinned. And you come short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. You, you had it coming. But Jesus. Oh, somebody say, but Jesus. But, but Jesus came. And he didn't deserve any punishment. He didn't deserve any separation from God. He didn't deserve death. He didn't deserve crucifixion. He didn't deserve going to the heart of the earth. He didn't deserve going to hell. Did he? Certainly never, never. But he did. He took it all. He did it all. And when he triumphed over death, hell, and the grave, and he said, I got the keys. You know the devil can't find his keys. (laughs) The devil devil lost his keys. He can't find his keys. (laughs) Jesus says, I got the keys. I got the keys. Death, hell, and the grave. Hallelujah. He's triumphed over sin, triumphed over death, triumphed over the curse, over hell, over Satan and all his stuff, triumphed. And he did it all, not for himself. He didn't need it. He did it for you. He did it for me and everybody that would believe on him. And all you got to do is receive him. All you got to do is acknowledge, I can't save myself. I got to have a savior. And receive him. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We, we don't know who's watching online right now. We don't know who's in the house. But if you've never acknowledged Jesus. If you've never received him as your Lord and Savior. Uh, this is a dangerous world. Some you know. 160,000 people are going to die. Somewhere across the planet today. And most of them wouldn't have thought. It was, they were going to die today. You do not want to keep bumping around. In this dangerous world. Lost risking going to hell yeah, that's right. when Jesus already paid the price for you. That's right. So everybody, just just sit where you are, but everybody sit out loud, Father God, Father God I, believe in you. I believe in you. I believe in your son Jesus, I in your son, Jesus. That, you sent him, that you sent him, that he died on the cross, that he, died on the cross. That he, paid, the he paid the full price for all my sins. He was judged in my place. place. And you raised him from the dead. dead. Alive. Alive. King of kings. kings. Lord of lords. lords. Jesus. Jesus. I confess you. you As my Lord. As my my Savior. Savior. I receive you. And everything you. you have done for me. Thank you. For saving me. I receive forgiveness. I receive Cleansing. Forgiveness. Washing. Thank, thank, you thank you. For saving me. Hallelujah. 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 Now if you really meant that from your heart. The Bible says you're saved. And we'll be saved. Yeah. Glory, Glory to God. To God. Glory. He did all the hard part what we've been talking about. he did. You, you can't save yourself. That's right. All we got to do is receive what he did. That's right. But it's not just empty talk. Is he your Lord right. or is he not? He is. If he is, then you need to find out what his plan for your life is. That's right. That's and you need to feed on his word. You need to pray. Mm-hmm. or to go to church. Mm-hmm. You ought to get involved. That's right. Is that right? That's right? This is your life now. You're a believer. That's right. <laughs> Right? <laughs> oh, somebody say thank you, Lord. thank you Lord. Did you go to, to John 9? Well just, just keep it idling right there for a minute. You're in the right spot. But listen to this, even under the law, back in Leviticus, they would offer animal sacrifices. And the blood didn't wash them, but it would just cover their sin until next year and then they'd cover it again. The blood of Jesus doesn't cover your sins. It washes them away. Hallelujah. Your sins are not covered. If they're covered, they're still there. Right? They're just under something. Somebody said out loud, my sins are not covered. They're washed away. That's the difference between the blood of animals and the blood of Jesus. The blood of animals couldn't do that. And, uh, but he said this in Leviticus 4.14. He said, talking about sinning. When the sin which they have sinned against it is known, then they will offer this bull for sin. Verse 22 says, if his sin, wherein he has sinned, come to his knowledge, he'll bring his offering. And you'll see this thought more than once. Well, well, that certainly makes sense. If you don't even know you messed up, then why would you be offering a sacrifice? And when should you offer the sacrifice or receive from the sacrifice? When it comes to your knowledge, when you see it, when you realize it. And this is, we're experiencing this throughout our whole life walking with God. That's right. You know, as you grow, you know, I've been walking with the Lord. Phyllis and I have been in ministry now over 40 years, and I've been walking with the Lord longer than that. But, uh, you know, I grow some, I develop some, and I look back at things I did 20 years ago, 30 years ago, and sometimes I go, oh, man, whoo. <laughs> But I, did, I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't realize. Yes. But I have grown. Yes. But when you realize it, the Lord, he's not holding that against you when you really don't know it. That's right. Your sin is not imputed. Sin is not counted. You're not responsible, let's say, for it like that. Even though it may cause you problems in your life. As far as he's concerned, you're not violating light. It's not a sin to you. You don't even know it. You don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to your awareness. Now it's time to do something about it. That's right. right? When you realize it. And you go oh. That's what the word said. That's what the word meant. I need to make an adjustment here. I need to make a change. Now if you just keep on going. And don't change. Now you're sinning. Can you see that? In John 9. This is the healing of the man born blind. And he was physically healed. And God is the physical healer. But there's more going on here. And you'll see as we read this. Verse 1. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. Now let's just stop right here. If he's blind, what's the issue? can't see. You see we've been talking about all morning about what you see That's right. and what you know. That's right. Well he's blind from his birth so he's never seen physically. Keep going. His disciples asked him and said master who did sin? This man or his parents that he was born blind? They didn't ask him if that was the case. They're assuming it's the case. Just which one? Was it his parents that sinned? That caused him to be born blind like this? Or did he sin before he was born? That caused himself to be born blind. Because of sin. Now these are Jesus' disciples. These are his closest ones. <laughs> Did they only know part? Was there a lot of parts they didn't know? Wow. Yeah. And he's about to help them with part of it right now. Verse 3 Jesus said, uh, Neither one. Man, they were shocked. They were like, Huh? This is not what they had heard over at the synagogue. <laughs> Neither has this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. And that's punctuation added by the translators. It goes on, verse, the next verse says, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. Yeah. That's right. The night comes when no man can work. Somebody says, well, God uh, caused the man to be born blind so he could heal him. No, it's, I mean, that's, did you do somebody a favor? If you shot them so you could patch them up. (laughs) They would have preferred. Hey let's just save us all some trouble. And don't shoot me right. (laughs) Now you're laughing. But seminaries teach this stuff. No. Notice this phrase. I must work the works. Of him that sent me. He hasn't done the works yet. In this man's life. Blindness is not the work of God. And the curse is not the work of God. It's the enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he said, but I I must work, which means he hadn't done it yet here. But notice when he said, neither has this man sinned nor his parents. Are we to, to assume that these grown adults, man and woman, have lived all their life and never sinned? No. They've sinned. They've made many mistakes. So how does he say this? Neither has this man or his parents sinned. What was the issue? It wasn't because of them violating light that caused this. Keep going. Next verse. As long as I'm in the world I am the light of the world. What does light enable you to do? Come on, help me out. See. See. In the dark, you can't see. And it makes everything hard. I mean, if we shut all the doors and turned all the lights off right now, boom, in this place. And it was pitch black. It'd be harder to find the door and get out of here. If there were, no, I mean, no exit signs, no anything, you're liable to bump into something. Somebody. Ooh, ah, excuse me. Trip, bump, poop. And you got this big incline, too, you know. Whoo. But in the light, easy. Is that right? In the light, where's the exit? There it is. There's the out. In the light, Easy. Why? In the dark? Hard. Everybody in this world without Jesus is in the dark. That's why they keep falling and tripping over and fumbling and bumping into and start over 12 times with everything from their career to their marriage and still not happy. Still unfulfilled. Why? They're in the dark. He is the light that enlightens everyone that comes into the world that believes on him. And if you follow him, you won't walk in darkness, but you'll walk in the light of life. Somebody say, I'm following the light. I'm I'm walking with the light. I'm walking in the light. This is a dangerous place down here. If you dropped off in the middle of the Amazon jungle at night, but you've got a, a local person who is expert and knows this country like the back of his hand, and he's also got the light. If you're smart, what will you do? Come on, help me out. If you've got any sense, what will you do? If you say, look, here's a path, looks pretty good. And the guy says, no, 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 you don't want to go that way. Come with me. You go. Look, that looks hard. This looks easier to me. You know, you do it your way, I'm going to do it my way. And that was the last we heard of you. (laughs) Because as soon as you got away from the light, you could see all these eyes in the forest looking at you thinking, supper, supper, supper. (laughs) Now, Now you're laughing, but do you know how many human beings are doing it their own way? I like what the psalmist said. My soul follows hard after thee. What does that mean? If he stops quick, I'm going to hit his back. Oh, sorry, Lord. Why? Because it's dangerous out here. I need to stay with him. It's dark without him. You can't see. You don't even know where you're going. Help your neighbor. say, Stay close to Jesus. Stay, stay really, really close. Stay close. That's how you'll get through this life safe and successful, right, run your race, finish your course, stay real close, real close to him. Keep reading this. Long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. You know what else is true now? You're the light of the world. Is that right? He's in us. He's still the light of the world, but because he's in us, he's the head, we're the body, He's the light head, we're the light body. Amen. Keep going. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground, made clay of the spittle, and anointed the eyes of the blind man with clay. He said, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sin. He went his way, therefore, and washed, and came. Came. See. What? See. Seeing. Mm-hmm. This is about a physical healing, but it's about seeing. Seeing. Remember he just got through saying I'm the light of the world. And now because of this man's interaction with the light of the world he can see. Verse 8 The neighbors therefore and they which before had seen him that was blind said is not this the one that sat and begged? Some said this is he. Others said nah he looks like him but he said I'm him. (laughs) Straighten that out. No it's me. Keep going. Therefore they said, How were your eyes opened? Because they've been seeing him there for, I don't know, months, years, sitting there blind, begging. What happened? How'd this happen? Keep going. He answered and said, A man is called Jesus. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, yeah. That's how every one of these miracles starts. A man called Jesus. He made clay and anointed my eyes and said, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. I went and washed. And receive sight. Right. Yep. They said to him. Where is he? He said I don't know. You got to remember. He's never seen him. Right. 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 Is that right? Yeah. He's never seen him. Yeah. He heard him. He was standing close to him. He heard what he told him. But then it wasn't until he went to the pool. And washed that he could see anything. That's right. So he's still never seen him. And so he said I, I, don't, I don't know where he is. Keep going. They brought to the Pharisees him that aforetime was blind. And it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes, which was a big no-no as far as they were concerned. Then again, the Pharisees asked him how he had received his sight. He said, well, he put clay on my eyes and I washed and now I can see. Pretty simple. Keep going. Therefore, some of the Pharisees said, this man's not of God because he doesn't keep the Sabbath day. Others said, how can a man that is a sinner Now see, they started off talking about sin, right? Who sinned, this man or his parents? Jesus said neither one. And um, now they're back to it. How can this man that's a sinner do such miracles? And there was division among them. They say to the blind man, what do you say if he has opened your eyes? He said, he's a prophet. (laughs) Keep going. The Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and that he had received his sight. So they called his parents (laughs) that received his sight. Keep going. They asked him, is this your son whom you say was born blind? How does he see now? Keep going. His parents said, we know this is our son and we know he was born blind. But by what means he now sees, we don't know. Or who has opened his eyes, we don't know. He's of age, ask him. He speaks for himself. (laughs) Now we're told they said it that way, keep going, because these words spoke his parents, because they feared the Jews, because the Jews had agreed already that if anybody confessed that Jesus was the anointed Christ, the Messiah, he should be put out of the synagogue. They didn't want to lose their membership at the first synagogue. <laughs> they were scared about because they're, they're called before the, the elders and, and Pharisees and they're, they're being questioned. They're like, uh, uh, we don't know, we don't know, we don't know. Ask him. He speaks for himself. Verse 23 You know, that's, that's an ignorant thing, isn't it? Your son has been blind his whole life and now he can see, and you're playing political games. Shouldn't you be hollering at the top of your voice, whoever he is, I love him. Where is he? So I can hug him. Make him a casserole. Is that right? Invite him over for dinner. Buy him a new suit, right? Where is he? Your boy has been healed. Man, fear of man and religion, it brings a snare, trap so they said he's of age ask him verse 24 so they called a man again (laughs) that was born blind and they said give God the praise we know this man talking about Jesus is a sinner because he ministered healing on the Sabbath day Mm. that's their whole deal keep going verse 25 he answered said, well whether he's a sinner or not I don't know one thing I know I was blind and now I can see Oh, hallelujah. Did you know this is our call? God didn't call us to know everything. That's right. He said, "I don't know about all that." You know, your your rules about breaking the Sabbath and and the sinner, I don't He he still hadn't even seen Jesus yet. That's right. He said, "But I know this." I was blind, couldn't see a thing, couldn't see my hand in front of my face, and now I can see, and I know this, is he being a witness? He is, and all he's got to do is testify to what he knows, what he sees, what he knows God has done for him. And that's all we got to do. You don't have to quote a bunch of verses. You don't have to know the Greek and Hebrew words. You don't have to be a preacher or a teacher to be a witness. All you got to do is say, well, I, I don't know about all that, but I know this. I was lost and now I'm saved. I, I know that. I know that. I wasn't making it and the Lord helped me pay my bills. I was there when it happened. I know that. I was sick and couldn't get around and he healed me and restored me and now I'm back to full function. I was there. I know that. And friend, every one of us needs to be ready to give an answer of the hope that we have and to give an account of the good things that God has done for us. Do not be intimidated. Do not be fearful. Do not be ashamed. Come on, y'all with me? Anybody wants to know? You speak up. Why? And you don't have to tell a bunch of stuff. And if you don't know it, stay out of what you don't know. But if you were there and he did it for you, right? He said, I don't know about all that. You got to remember just just a, a few hours ago or, or yesterday, he's begging in the street corner. He probably does not have any education or, you know, he, he just, he's been living in the street. Look, I don't know about all your theology and about sin and who is sin. I know this. (laughs) I was blind and I can see. Hallelujah! Keep going. Keep reading. Keep reading. Keep reading. (laughs) They said, "Well, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes?" He said, "I've already told you, (laughs) (laughs) and you didn't hear it." You want to hear it again? You want to be his disciples? (laughs) You might as well have slapped them with a wet dish rag, man. I mean, (laughs) verse 28 they reviled him. They said, You are his disciple. We are Moses' disciples. We know God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, we don't know where he's from. The man said, Why, this is a marvelous thing. You don't know where he's from. And yet he opened my eyes. (laughs) Keep going. We, We know God doesn't hear sinners. Now see, they're still talking about sinning and seeing. Light and blind. If any man be a worshiper of God and does his will, him he hears. Since the world began. It was not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind. If this man were not of God he could do nothing. They're sitting up there with their degrees (laughs) and their robes blind. Come on y'all listening blind. They've been reading the prophets and the law for years and years and every every page Is talking about Jesus and pointing to Jesus and pointing to Messiah. And he is in their town working miracles and they don't have a clue who he is. Blind. And here's this man, probably couldn't write his name. Remember, he's blind since he was born. Probably wouldn't know which way to turn a book to even read it. Much less any theology. And he is laying it out. Is that right? He he is laying it out. <laughs> if this man were not of God he couldn't do anything there ain't no man can go around healing people born blind if this man wasn't of God he could do nothing verse 34 they said you were all together born in sins now we know where the disciples got this doctrine that they hit Jesus with in the first part of this chapter Who sin this man or his parents that he was born by. You were born in sins. And do you teach us? And they cast him out. Now literally they threw him out. But also it means they excommunicated him. Which is what his parents were afraid of. Which means he's not welcome back to the synagogue. And if his name was on any roster because of his parents, they took it off. When Jesus heard, they had cast him out, which may includes they, they excommunicated him. They, they kicked him out, not just physically, but don't come back. When he found him, he said to him, do you believe on the son of God? He answered and said, Lord, who is he? You've got to remember, he's never seen Jesus before. Who is he that I might believe on him? Jesus said, you've both seen him. Seen, seen, you've seen him, which a few hours ago would not have been possible. Oh, come on. Can you see this? He is the light of the world. Hallelujah. And this man, he is seeing the light of the sun. He is seeing the light of day, but now he's seeing more light than that. Oh, come on. He's seeing the light that lights every man that comes into the world. You have both seen him and it is he that's talking with you. Keep going. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Hallelujah. Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Keep going. Jesus said, for judgment I'm coming to this world that they which see not might see. They which see might be made blind. Keep going. Some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and they said, are we blind also? (laughs) Keep going. Jesus said if you were blind you'd have no sin. But now you say we see. So your sin remains. Isn't this an understanding of what sin is? He said, if you were blind, do you see that? If you really didn't see, if you really didn't understand, you would have no sin. If you look at other passages of scripture, it said some of them, some of those leaders of the Pharisees, they actually had decided he was the Messiah, but they wouldn't acknowledge and confess it for fear of the Jews. They're afraid they're going to lose their place, their position, their this and that. The issue is walking in the light that we have. Can you say amen? Amen. Stand on your feet, everybody. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.